we're going to talk about medications used for patients who are diagnosed with HIV. And these drugs are called antiretroviral drugs. They make it less likely to pass along the virus to someone else by suppressing the viral levels. So they're going to help decrease the viral load. And sometimes they decrease that viral load enough to where we don't even detect the virus on blood tests anymore. But it's important to understand whether that's the case or not. These drugs do not cure the patient. They're always going to have some of that virus that lies dormant in those CD4 cells. And it's just kind of hiding away in the body and it could uh, become alive in a sense at any point. So patients who have HIV will have that for the rest of their life. But these drugs are very helpful in that they're going to help patients live, you know, longer lives potentially and help decrease the risk of transmission because they're decreasing that viral load. The virus can become more resistant. Um, so we have to, um, the physician will prescribe multiple antiretroviral drugs for these patients. So by taking multiple drugs, it helps prevent the virus from mutating. And we're going to talk about these drugs um, in a sense of how they work in different parts of this process of replication. So you'll usually have, you know, one drug from this category, another drug from this category, and maybe potentially a third drug from another category, because then they're going to be helping to kill off this virus at multiple angles to help prevent that mutation. Sometimes patients can become resistant to drugs um, very quickly. So, you know, if they if they've had the virus living in their body for a little while and then they're started on um, antiretrovirals, they may have already developed a mutation that could make them resistant to some drugs. So generally what the physicians will do is they'll order tests to see have they developed any type of resistance to the certain antiretroviral drugs, and that'll help them choose um, which ones to prescribe for the patient. So let's talk about the different categories. So one of the categories that um, will be used are the, um, the medications that are going to prevent um, entry into the cell. So these drugs are going to help kind of gum up the lock in a way because they're going to help prevent the virus from getting into those CD4 cells to begin with. So those are often prescribed. And two of the types of drugs that kind of fit into this category um, are fusion inhibitors. That's one class. And then there's specific drugs that fall under that. And then there's these CCR5 antagonists which is another class of drugs that fits under this kind of category of preventing entry into the cell. Okay. Um, the other kind of types of drugs that we can use, these drugs are going to prevent viral DNA production. So there's two classes that fall under this. Nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors, as well as non-nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors. So again, these two classes of drugs, they're going to work in a way, and you don't have to know the specifics, just the big takeaway here is that they're going to help prevent 
the viral, the viral DNA from uh, being produced. So maybe some of the virus already got into the cell. So then if we give the patients this type of drug, then now we can attack the virus that has already gotten into the cell and prevent it from replicating, the DNA from replicating. And then the third category of drug um, that we're going to help use to probably help to help these patients, this drug prevents viral DNA from becoming a part of the actual patient's DNA. So it's going to prevent maturation of the virus. So drugs that work in this way are integrase inhibitors. So that's one class. And then the other class is protease inhibitors. So those two classes are going to help prevent viral DNA from becoming a part of the patient's DNA. Thus, it'll help prevent maturation of the virus. So again, we're getting at this virus at another angle. So let's talk about some big takeaways as far as side effects, um, things to think about with administration of these drugs. One of the common things that you see with a lot of these drugs is we can't crush or chew them. So that is something that we see with a lot. Um, so there's certain things to keep in mind with administration. Um, the protease inhibitors. That was one of the last um, classes that I just mentioned as far as preventing it from becoming a part of our or the patient's DNA. Is they can cause heart issues. Um, they can also lead to sulfa interactions because these protease inhibitors have sulfa in them. So if somebody has a sulfa allergy, which is a pretty common allergy, they would not be able to take the protease inhibitors. Protease inhibitors also cannot be combined with St. John's wort, which is something that's used over the counter. A lot of patients like to take that herbal supplement um, to help curb symptoms of depression. So they wouldn't be able to take that if they're on a protease inhibitor. So sometimes we see this scenario where um, a woman gets pregnant and could have HIV, um, and so then there's a risk for the baby to have HIV. Women who get pregnant, there's um, one class that is particularly, um, has been shown to be safe for them as far as the antiretrovirals, and that is the nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors. And a particular drug um, is zidovudine. So zidovudine is safe for women who are pregnant, and also we see this given to babies who are born of mothers who have been exposed or have HIV, and they'll give that to the baby for four to six weeks after birth. And most of the time we see that when that drug is given, um, that the babies do not end up getting HIV. So as far as side effects, and I mentioned in um, the HIV podcast that side effects that we see with the drugs are also a lot of times the side effects we see with the infection in general. So just a general malaise or feeling tired, um, a lot of GI upset, um, nausea, vomiting occurs with these drugs. Um, diarrhea is another really common symptom that we can see. Headache, fever, muscle pain, um, occasional dizziness, and insomnia. These are some just kind of short-term side effects that can creep up rather quickly. And then after, you know, over the long term, we can also see like whole body effects from these drugs. Um, we're going to be monitoring kidney function, liver function, 
because those can both be damaged by taking these antiretrovirals. Heart disease, diabetes, or insulin resistance can develop. They can also develop hyperlipidemia. Um, they can have changes in how the body stores fat, a weakening of the bones or osteoporosis. And we can also see nervous system or psychiatric effects, things like insomnia, dizziness, depression, even suicidal thoughts. So patients with HIV and even AIDS as a you know whole body effects that we're going to have to be addressing potentially and, and providing interventions for. So thinking about some of those common symptoms and some interventions that you could do. You know, if patients have um, vomiting, diarrhea, then fluids are going to be important for them. There are certain drugs that we can give for diarrhea management, like loperamide and diphenoxalate. Those are anti-diarrheals. might also have to um, provide, you know, certain diet for these patients or avoid certain foods that could lead to a, a GI upset or diarrhea. We might see pain meds used for these patients because of the headache and muscle pain that could accompany um, this disease as well as side effects from the medications. And we could see antibiotics prescribed as well for some of the different um, opportunistic infections that the patients could have. So the last thing I want to talk about is with the risk of exposure. There's two different types of um, prophylactic measures we can take. The one is called PrEP, or pre-exposure prophylaxis. So if there's a patient, uh, if there's a person who's at very high risk of getting HIV, maybe because their partner um, has HIV, uh, so they can still remain together, and this patient or this person could take prophylactic medication to help decrease their chance of acquiring the virus even more. And the most common drug used for PrEP, or pre-exposure prophylaxis, is called Truvada, and it's a combination drug. It's made up of two drugs. The one is tenofovir, and the other is emtiricitabin. So these two drugs can work together um, and help prevent the patient from possibly getting the virus. Patients have to, get, have, to have good renal function to be on this drug. Um, it has to be used consistently. Um, to be effective, they cannot miss two days in a row of it. So they're going to take it every day. If they miss one dose, they're still protected. If they miss two doses, then they're not protected. Um, it's also important to consider that they have to be on this for, I believe it's about four days um, before the drug has kind of built up in their system enough to, to be working effectively. And just because they're on the drug doesn't mean that they're not going to be asked to take, um, you know, safe practices. They're still going to be taught to use safe sex practices, um, and they're still actually going to have to go in and be tested for HIV every three months while on this drug um, and, you know, having that possible risk of acquiring HIV. Um, so it's, yeah, still important to take precautions and take the drug consistently to be effective. The other type of prophylaxis we can see is post-exposure prophylaxis. So this is in the event of, you know, let's say working as a nurse that you, you could have a needle stick injury, for example, and possibly be exposed. So you're going to be placed on um, the antiretroviral therapy, and we call that CART, combination antiretroviral therapy. So I mentioned before about the effectiveness of having multiple drugs. 
So if you've been possibly exposed, you'll have to take a combination of those drugs, and it's best to be put on those within 24 to 36 hours after the exposure to help prevent the HIV infection. And there's going to be a whole process. You know, if you have been exposed, um, you know, filling out an incident report, going to employee health, them getting you tested and started on the drugs. And they'll start you on the drugs before the tests come back um, because that could take, you know, a little while. And then if it come to find out you don't have the virus or the patient who you're exposed to doesn't have the virus, then they can just stop the drug. If there's a case where they don't know if the patient has a virus or the patient won't consent to having the testing done, they'll typically keep um, the person who was exposed on the CART therapy for a 28-day regimen and test them again to see uh, where they're at. So that is um, some of the important things to keep in mind with medications used for HIV understanding the different combination of drugs and why we use that, and then understanding the different prophylactic measures and the side effects and how you could intervene to help with those side effects.